Okay, thank you everybody for joining and welcome to this edition of PropMoto Conference Calls. My name is Franco. I am the co-founder and editor of PropMoto. We talk about the innovations and technologies that are changing the built world. And today I am lucky enough to be joined by Greg Gamel. He is Portfolio Optimization Manager at uh, Regions Bank. Go ahead and say hi, Greg. Hello, hello. How are you all? So I was lucky enough to be able to interview Greg about some really great work he has been doing with Regions Bank. Um, he's been there for a while and obviously seen seen a lot. And so uh, his experience and uh, particularly uh, one recent experience really opened up a, a lot for of eyes, I think, uh, for our readers. So we're, we're happy to uh, have you back here, Greg, so I can pick your brain a little bit more. Thank you uh, for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe you could just give me a little background on yourself, uh, your organization, and uh, yeah, what, what you do there at Regions Bank, or, or at least uh, what, what you think you do there. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for Regions Bank. It's a uh, top 500 uh, company financial institution. We're in 15 states across the southeast. Uh, hopefully some of y'all have heard of us and or have relationships with us, but um, I joined the bank in 2007, uh, and I'm lucky enough to have been uh, hired in a similar role as a planner uh, many years ago and uh, have been in this same type of role for all those years. So I didn't move in in, in a real estate group and then get moved over into the planning side or anything like that. I've, I've been here since the beginning. In fact, when I started in 2007, we did not even have uh, a number of the properties within our drawn repository, much less within a, a CAFM system. So we have really come light years in terms of our documentation, our knowledge of where we have uh, space and seats from a drawing standpoint and as a record standpoint, and um, now with a lot more of the uh, data from a seat occupancy information perspective as well. Yeah, and I think that's a, a great point. You know, the whole idea of, uh, you know, what a, an office manager is, you know, what, uh, um, you know, these kind of roles that are played by corporate occupiers is, uh, I think, a lot less uh, about just kind of uh, managing the what the day-to-day -day, and it has become a lot of greater piece of the planning. So, um, you know, I think that that's something we've seen across the industry. And, you know, Greg, maybe you could kind of weigh in a little bit. You know, when, when you think about, you know, what, what, it is that you do like what are your metrics for success like what are you really trying to optimize well strictly speaking we were given a challenge on square foot reduction and so we are looking at uh, square foot per FTE uh, when we compared ourselves to a peer average um, we were we were very high and so as, as we all understand the the cost of square footage in today's environment our goal and my goal specifically is to shed square footage and or look at the space that associates are using and maximize that square footage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so that, that my, is my goal, my success is uh, based on square footage per associate. Yeah, and I, I kind of have a hunch that this is one of the reasons that you, uh, you know, were able to glean so many insights is that you, you went into this with a very kind of clear understanding of, of what it was you were doing. And, uh, and that hypothesis, um, you know, I think really generated some, some good results. So, um, you know, as, as you were kind of thinking about how to reduce uh, square footage, you know, what did you kind of see as, as your blind spots? What were some things that uh, you needed to know before you could really make uh, any big decisions? Well, I'll tell you, our, our biggest blind spot really was the 
approval process in order to do this. I think we all understood from a, from a large-scale perspective the benefits of if we can identify X, then we can see Y. Um, the problem was getting executive approval to spend the money to get this information. Um, once we finally got it, it was much easier to go to the next process or the next step. But uh, there was a tremendous amount of pushback in why do you need this data? What's it going to show? Who's it going to affect? And then I think there was a sneaky suspicion that they all understood if you're able to show what you think you're going to be able to show, how is that going to affect me and my group? Yeah, there's so, got to be there's got to be some thinking like that, uh, you know, about from from kind of the the day to day managers. So so what exactly were you proposing, uh, and and what did you hope hope to find with it? Well, we searched for many many years in terms of understanding what is out there. Uh, you know, desk beacons, card access. Uh, where you sit down at a desk and you put your badge on it and then it turned open the system to your associate uh, ID. Or You know, we went through many, many things. Uh, a lot of furniture companies had sensors built in, but we were trying to understand, and from a bang for the buck perspective, how that particular seat is being used. Not how, but how often it is being used. And we didn't we wanted to try to make it as anonymous as possible because we did have a huge big brothers watching you to overcome. And so that was one of the things that drew us toward these occupancy sensors is we were able to do this from a very anonymous basis. We know that seat one, two, three is occupied 15% of the day. It doesn't, it doesn't say who it is. It doesn't say what they were doing. It just says we know the occupancy within this particular location for said seat, and that's given us uh, a tremendous amount of insight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you know, obviously, you you had to to do a lot of internal kind of meetings to um, to support this, but obviously, you needed to find the right technology uh, that that would kind of give you this anonymous uh, insight, but still have it be robust enough to, to give you some answers. So I know that you, uh, after your search, you uh, reached out to, to tapped in to, to create these sensors and can maybe describe exactly uh, what they look like, what they are and what they do. Yeah, the tapped in sensors are, are really just the size of maybe an electrical gang box. They have a small um, eye, if you will, that kind of sticks out. Uh, I understand that they've moved on to a, a new generation that's even more seamless now. Uh, but these particular devices basically were affixed to underneath the desk. Uh, they have a reading uh, radius of uh, a couple of feet outside, uh, maybe as many as five or six feet outside the desk so that when somebody sits down, they just see movement. And uh, I think one of the things that we really had to do was from the get-go, when we got buy-in from HR to say, okay, we understand what you're doing, we understand it's not going to be associate-specific, name-specific, um, we sat down with each group and we, and we pulled out the sensors and we handed it to them and said, when you drop your pencil and you look up on your desk, this is what you're going to see. It is not a camera. It is not something that we can see, you know, X, Y, Z. All it does is pick up movement. Uh, and so we did not want to surprise them 
by one day just having something under their desk and them not knowing what was going on. We were very upfront with them and very honest with them and have, you know, relayed the information to the executives to say, you know what, here's the information that we found out. Thank you all for your participation. That information, by the way, has become very uh, instrumental in plan growth and what the market is doing and how they're foreseeing uh, space acquisitions within specific uh, buildings and or floors. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I thought was so interesting about this was that, you know, you had taken the time to kind of go through and, and ask managers, and I think this might have been some of the pushback, is managers probably already thought, well, I, I know how much I know how much my workforce is at their desks. You know, we're, we're there. We see them. So, you know, what... What was the kind of uh, average answer for when when you polled people of how, how much they thought people were actually at their desks? Yeah, very much so. Every manager we said, you know, if you have ten people, how many how many are there in the office? You know, a day, and they would always say, oh, it's you know, it's eight or nine. And how often are they there? Oh, they're there, you know, probably seventy percent of the time. You know, they'll get up and go to a meeting and come back. But the uh, the reality of the occupancy of said desk. Uh, even surprised us. It was much less than what we had even prepared ourselves from an occupancy perspective. And so, you know, when you went back to these managers with this, you know, what what did they say? Did did they get uh, more on board, or, or was there some pushback? Well, first and foremost, I didn't believe the numbers when I saw them, and so we went back and we did once again uh, more site, you know, walkthroughs and making sure that what people saw actually were, was being recorded correctly. And once we understood, look, these sensors are doing exactly what they're, they're saying they would do, um, we went back to them and, and simply said, look, this is, this is what it is. Um, and if you're honest with yourselves, watch your team for the next week. And we've had a couple of associates, or excuse me, a couple of executives who watched associates and were very uh, diligent in that. And they said, I, I would not believe it if you didn't call it to my attention but you're right. And the next question that we usually ask is, did you see a downsize in, downside in your, you know, your productivity or your numbers? And they didn't even realize they were working in this particular fashion um, to the point that they were, and they were still meeting their goals and, and uh, production standards. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Obviously, you, you, this is a very easy uh, lesson to learn, but, I mean, what, what do you do with that now? Like, how, how has this affected the way that you think about space or the way you plan, you know, new offices that come online? Well, I, I think, to be completely honest, people are in their seats even less than what we believed or wanted to accept. Uh, I think from the study, understanding your, your teammates uh, being HR, IT, and properties as a three-headed uh, group to, to help implement and get this out there is uh, 100% a, a must. Uh, in terms of what we're doing with this information, uh, we've changed the way that we design uh, floor plans. And in fact, during the middle of our study that we did these sensors within Charlotte, uh, I, I let these results uh, become known to my boss and our design team. And we immediately changed uh, how we were looking at some future projects in terms of the number and, and style of the seats that we were implementing in terms of conference rooms, uh, more 
six and eight person conference rooms, less 16 person conference rooms. Um, and so it has had an immediate effect. We also realized that with this occupancy being much less than uh, much uh, what was originally thought, you don't need as much square footage. And so we're able to work with our transaction management team and, and shed square footage that we may have renewed two years ago, but in today's standards, we understand, look, the associates may be assigned to this building, but they're not showing up, but, you know, 50% mm -hmm. of the time or 75% of the time, and they don't need 45 seats. They only need 20 seats. And so it, it's been a very positive outcome from that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I just got uh, one of our listeners reached out with a question, and uh, they're interested in, you know, how do you kind of pair this uh, pure kind of occupancy, who's in the seats data with, you know, kind of other maybe human observation parameters even, you know, how, how long are, how long uh, are people on their laptops or how much of the time are they on their phone? Do you, do you have any sense of how to kind of uh, parse these two data sets together? You know, we have not um, looked at what an associate is doing at the desk. Uh, we have only the understanding that they are at a particular desk. We don't know if they're on the phone. We don't know if they're on the computer. We don't know if they're leaned back talking to an associate, you know, two cubes over. Uh, we just know that there is somebody sitting at that desk. Uh, that was one of the hurdles that we had to make sure that HR and the associates understood in that this was going to be going on and we did not know what they were doing. We just wanted to see how often that particular seat was uh, was uh, occupied, and I think that yeah. helped, helped ease the uh, big brother mentality. Uh, we can marry up uh, based on our floor plan repository. We have uh, approximately 80% of all of our sites within our CAFM system, and we have a very good um, idea of where people are sitting. Um, but once again, only that that person is assigned to said seat not that they're actually sitting there all the time. Yeah, I think that was an important takeaway. Uh, you know, I think it's too easy to kind of say, well, look at all these great technologies out there and look at how much can be uh, understood about space usage, but uh, sometimes that misses the, the human element, right? You actually have people who very well and maybe rightfully so kind of, you know, uh, don't really like the idea of their boss, you know, knowing when they're in the bathroom, when they're uh, on a phone call. Uh, and so, you know, now that you've kind of started with this, you know, at least having this kind of base metrics, what, what do you think you'll build on, on top of this? What are some other things that you think uh, in the future you, you kind of like to get a better understanding of? Well, 100 percent how uh, conference rooms and meeting rooms are being used. Uh, we exist on a floor today that has, uh, counting my head, six conference rooms of which the smallest is an eight-person conference room, the largest being two 16-person conference rooms that can be opened up to have a large assembly room. Well, the fact of the matter is I'm sitting in one of the 16-person conference rooms now. Uh, hmm. It's you know it's just a horrible waste of square footage. Um, the new floor plans, as I said, when we came back and we, we 180'd our design, the floor that is below us and is going to, uh, is being redone, um, has approximately 18 conference rooms on the floor, ranging in size from 4 to 8 to 16, 
but there's many less 16-person conference rooms. But we do want to understand how these rooms are being used on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think occupancy sensors that, that count associates as you walk through a door or you know, you're sitting at a conference room and it, and it is able to recognize how many people are in a room, um, I think that's the next bastion of data mining that we're going to Pursue. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, um, you know, office managers think that they can use, you know, maybe uh, who's, who's scheduled to be at conferences or, you know, conference scheduling apps as a, as a proxy for occupancy. But, but uh, as we talked about, you don't really think that that's a very good representation, correct? Well, I think what we found, and we use Outlook at our uh, company, you know, you may invite 25 people to a meeting, but in reality, there are four people in the office, uh, two people have um, canceled, and the rest are, are calling in and listening on a conference call. Um, so, you know, if, if there's a better way to track that occupancy, understand, you know, the actual use that is needed, I think that, that starts to answer that next layer of square footage requirements. Mm -hmm. And I think this also spills over, obviously, into flex space, right? This is space that doesn't have, um, you know, scheduling apps or, or have anything. I mean, do you also plan on, on doing some similar occupancy stuff with all these uh, new, new flex uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, conference areas, uh, casual conference areas that you're putting in? Well, not only flex from a conferencing standpoint, but from a seat uh, use going forward, uh, we have uh, started to unveil a program um, called Greenworks uh, at Regions, and part of that is very much centralized on the Flex Associate, and we're trying to get a, a handle on exactly uh, how many people are, are involved in this. Once again, the occupancy uh, information plays a pivotal role because a lot of managers say, we just can't work in this environment, and then all of a sudden you unveil well, this is what we've tracked for your group for the last six months, and 70% of your associates are already working one or more days in this environment. Um, you know, it's, it's something that executives are learning to uh, deal with, learning to become better managers of associates who are not in the office 24-7 um, and, and how to work in this new environment, uh, this new uh, IT environment that we live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of looking forward, you know, what, what do you think are the, the next levels? Obviously, the, the occupancy is one, but, you know, how, how are you kind of looking at adopting new technology and, and kind of new ideas to, to keep, keep progressing this and keep having a better understanding of your space? You know, I, I think um, the, the BLE, the, the uh, IP address of where people are, are um, using their computers, uh, whether or not it's within a, a business uh, that is, you know, a, a building that is their uh, business or if it's outside at a Starbucks or a department, you know, mm -hmm. store or something, you know, that type of information is, is going to play more and more of a role. Uh, we're, we're looking at that and trying to work with our IT brethren to see okay, what, what do you have that is readily available that we just haven't looked at um, on a day-to-day -day basis? But, you know, I think you just you can't get away from the actual 
butts and seats and how often somebody is here based on these sensors. I think the sensors that we have and whether or not it's a, it's a badge sensor when you walk into a room or at a particular seat that they have to recognize that somebody is there, I don't think that information is ever going to become um, irrelevant. I think it's always going to be very relevant to where people can associate uh, a desk being occupied by somebody at some particular time. Yeah, yeah, and, and one of the things I thought was so great about um, you know this this kind of case study that you brought to us was, you know, I think so much gets talked about you know kind of tech offices and these really progressive you know you imagine the white walls and the slides and the ping pong tables, but you know this is these are banks, right? This is something that is a lot of 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 work that you know requires just being at a desk to do. And you know, even still, it looks like there's there's a lot of room for things like you know uh, hot desks and flexible seating and and you know flexible conferencing. So you know, what what do you kind of think are are ways that the industry is changing changing the way they think about about office space? Even you know something as as kind of the old and you know slow moving as as the financial services. Yeah, I think. Uh you know, in a bank where you have so many different assets uh, of how people work, you do have the old school mentality of a banker, yet you also have the companies like uh, a rocket mortgage where they're very progressive and their headquarters are exactly what you said, ping pong tables and yoga studios and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the fintechs are, are all out there and they're, they're, they're flashy and they're sexy, but they're still doing financial work. So somebody is, has figured out that you don't have to be, you know, a, 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 a stodgy uh, old guy with a cigar sitting in a corner office and can still make money. So I think that's our challenge is to understand and, and let the associates and executives know we can all still uh, work in this environment, be very productive and uh, still do a, a very good uh, performance and, and, and do a good job. Yeah, I know the impetus for a lot of these tech companies to spend all this money, um, you know, understanding and designing space uh, is a lot of it has to do with kind of talent acquisition, right? They're, they're in a war, war for talent. Do you kind of see that same mentality coming into to more traditional services like, like finance? Very much so. In fact, uh, on a project that we did in Fort Worth, uh, which was really our first foray into this new workplace standard that we have. Um, the market executive had a cow when he saw what we were going to do, and he said, how in the world am I going to sell this to, you know, my bankers? And his boss was keen enough to say, you know, your bankers are here because of what they've done for the past, but we're planning for the future. And after the... Um, area was built out and they moved in, that boss that I was working with called me and he said, you know, I've actually had three people from another location call to see if they can office here because they like this environment so much better. You know, it's, it's just different. It takes time. Um, I, the staunchest proponents in Charlotte when we rolled this out, not only from the workplace standard, but from the occupancy sensor, uh, have come up and they said, you know, this is a much better environment. Never did I talk to so many people on my team. Uh, you know, we're always being collaborative. We're moving around. And uh, we don't, as your, your sensors show, we don't need some of the seats that we have. So, I, you know, people start to understand what we're doing. 
uh, although they may not readily come out and lovingly uh, request it. I will say one of your questions that I saw earlier was, how do you know if it's been a success or not? And I think the biggest thing that I can say is when my boss gets mad at me for not having a building with the sensors in it, uh, why don't we have occupancy information in said building? Uh, I know that I've hit something that is now important to him to see as such. His, his anger with me that I can't give him, mm-hmm. well, you know, the occupancy in this building is 72%. Uh, and so when he says, well, we need to, we need to get that remedied, then I know that I've, I've, I've won him over to understanding the data. Yeah, I'm sure once you've you've had access to that kind of information, it kind of feels like you're flying blind if you uh, if you don't have it. But um, you know, I, I got another question from a listener, and you know, it's it's basically about your you know kind of how you looked at these sensors. It says you know so so many different sensors on the market. You know, what what do you use to to choose the right one? What are your considerations when when choosing? Well, as this was our first four way, I had to uh, I had to make sure it was bang for the buck. And there are a lot of different sensors out there, but uh, the sensor from TapedIn was a very economical uh, sensor. Uh, the reporting structure that came with said sensor and the ability to grow far outweighed uh, any of the other sensors that we happen to see. Um, and I think that we're able to add on to that and, and really uh, grow this into a robust system that, once again, all I have to do is uh, pull up this this site and show my executive, and he just shakes his head and, and says, I can't believe we have all that square footage there still. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of scalability, you know, how, uh, you know how, how much do you think you could can scale these sensors, you know, in, in the near future here? How many, uh, how much of your portfolio are you looking to, to, to deploy this? We are doing a large move from a, uh, from one building into, four of our other buildings and the new floors that we're uh, developing for these reload uh, associates, we're putting these sensors in um, and we'll leave them there. We're, we're working with uh, the team to see if there's a possibility that we, we have them there for six months and then move them to another floor or whether or not we just keep them there and, and uh, just see how they, they they work on a day-to-day basis, but yes, very much from a um, go-forward basis, they have uh, they are playing a role in our future plans. Yeah, yeah, and I mean we see this a lot too, where it's slow. The pilot is hard to get, um, you know, the the green light for, but but once it happens and something comes from it. You know, being able to to know that you can scale these things is is obviously a big part for a organization as big as yours. And well, you know, and I, and I think one of the things that really has to be hammered is to understand the economic impact of what you can find. Um, these sensors aren't free, of course, and I'm, I'm not, you know, saying that they were the most expensive things on the market. But you always want to get bang for the buck, and I think when you are able to pay. Uh, an amount of money, and then you can show within a year or so, you can save four times that on square footage cost by not renewing something, it starts to play a huge role in the decision process going forward. Um, so I think it's it's understandable for the apprehension on saying, 
I've got to pay how much for, for what am I getting from an executive perspective? But when you fast forward three years and they understand why don't we have these sensors at another place and or we're not going to renew that lease for 25,000 square feet for the next 10 years, it certainly pays economic dividends. Right, and that's just on a pure economic level, right? That doesn't that ignores kind of the other uh, halo effects around it, right? Like the you know, uh, on, you know, hopefully more productivity from your workers, or being able to attract better better workers with better space. So, um, you know, even, yeah, even just the, the economics of it pencil out. So that obviously makes makes it a little bit easier sell, but. Um, you know, but before we leave, I think we've got some really great stuff. You know, I, I am kind of interested to hear, you know, what what you think, uh, you know, you like what would be on your wish list? If there was something that you could really, uh, you know, if, if technology and office politics weren't a thing, uh, you know, what, what would you love to be able to, to analyze in, in the office and, and what would you do with that information? Good grief, that's a loaded question. Isn't it? <laughs> that's why I left it for last. Absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, somebody had asked earlier, you know, what people are doing. Uh, I am certainly, uh, I certainly wouldn't want to see my, my productivity numbers when I'm at my desk working uh, because I'm certainly one to, to certainly look at, if I get bored on a project, I'll go off and look at the internet or, you know, check my mm-hmm. football team out or whatever. But, you know, to understand the general productivity of, of how people are when they're in the office or out of the office, um, I think would be important to understand just how much money we're spending for technology and comforts within the office as opposed to just allowing somebody to work remote and give them a laptop to work out of uh, their home or their Starbucks or at the beach with the ocean coming in on them. Um, you know, are we are we spending more money than is necessary within the office, and and they're not as productive, or maybe they are more productive. But that's one of the things that I'd like to try to get a better handle. I don't think that we have a very good handle on even with everything we've done that a group can say they're more productive or less productive. It's it's a very hard number to identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward or previous, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing to, to kind of define what that means. But, you know, obviously as uh, more systems get integrated, you know, obviously workplace uh, analytics and, you know, digital digital products can kind of also tell you quite a bit about, you know, when and how they're being used. So that, that could be on the, the horizon, although it might be the distant one. Right. It's a lot more big okay. brother. Yeah, right. And then we also have to make sure that uh, people don't don't get that icky feeling when they think about uh, everything they're doing being being tracked. So that's that's the the human element. So well, great. Thank you so much, Greg. I, I really appreciate your time and uh, all of our callers' time. So I want to wrap things up there. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to the uh, PropMoto conference call, and uh, we will talk to you again next time. Thank you. <laughs>